Hi, my name is Darren Joseph from Tax, and here's a clip from a live Q&A session we did on tax and investment for U.S. exposed persons at the American Chamber of Commerce. This was on September 4, 2023, and we did this together with John Shoemaker. He's a partner at a U.S. tax law firm called Butler Snow in Singapore and with Paul Devierno, the strategist and fund manager at UBKN. Enjoy. How is the CPF and the SRS taxed by the US? And so the US operates under a gaining advantage to certain retirement accounts. With some foreign jurisdictions, the US enters into um, tax treaties or equalization agreements to give credence to the retirement funds in those other jurisdictions. Unfortunately, we don't have such an agreement in place in regard to Singapore. So CPF is, you know, there are arguments, there's no certainty here. There, there are certain elements of the tax code where we can speak in certainties. There's others where we have to kind of cobble together our best interpretation based upon the code language and then if there have been uh, if there's been guidance issued from the IRS. There's very little um, guidance in this area, although there is one, I think, one PLR that, that talks about this. We think it is most likely treated as a trust and you are responsible for both what you've contributed, that's your earned income, and the contribution that's coming from your employer. You have to pick that up as a rising. And then you pick up the um, what's generating it each year as it, as it generates. So it's an anti-deferral treatment of it, unlike its treatment within Singapore. The SRS accounts are a little more complicated. They, they could be PFIX themselves, or they could be full of PFIX that you've got to look out and watch out for. Um, in general, if you're going to be in the SRS account, as Paul mentioned, just know that you're not getting the full advantage either in Singapore or in the US that they're purport to be on the kind of the paperwork around it. And then make sure that just report it on your on your tax return. The FRs, foreign bank account reports. I'm a big believer in there are good and bad acronyms. Bad acronyms don't help you at all if you know what the words are. But FBAR and FATCA happen to be, I think, good acronyms. So if you can know what these acronyms are, it'll help you to understand. FBARs are foreign bank account reports. You throw those into, along with your tax return, you report any uh, bank account that you have outside the United States. There's no tax associated directly with it. So always err on the side of over-reporting with the FBAR because there's no downside to that. Um, uh, FATCA is Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act. That tells you exactly what it is. You know, anybody who's familiar with the U.S. system, every year you earn money with an with a job. At the end of the year, the employer sends you your information, you fill out your tax return, and you submit it in. It's not the honor system, though. At the same time, they're sending your employer sending you a report to fill your tax return out with. They're also sending a copy to the IRS. FATCA is simply that concept made global so that everybody who had accounts and, and was earning income outside the United States, the IRS now has a second set of data so that you're not entirely on the honor system when you're filing your tax return in regards to that type of data. So as long as you report the SRS and the, and the CPF correctly, there shouldn't be a huge downside other than sometimes you're gonna have to accelerate and treat things as income earlier than you have to treat it in Singapore or, the, or than you otherwise would have to if you were in a US employment uh, retirement account like a 401k or an IRA. 
Thank yeah, you. I, I could just, just when you're looking at your CPF, right, and you're trying to include it in your taxes, if you work for a company and they give you the IR8A, you must, if you're really trying to get it right, you should look at it and what you'll probably find is that in the IR8A, right, or when you receive your CPF, your CPF from your December paycheck, you will receive it in January. So what what that basically means is in the but in the IRA, even though you received it in January, that will be included in the IRA. And you're doing your US taxes and you're trying to figure out how much money you received during the year into your CPF from your employer and from yourself. So the two numbers are going to start turning out to be different. So you can either just make that mistake every year until you retire. And then on the very last year of your retirement, try to figure out whether you have to report an extra month or you're reported one too many months, or you should just keep on an Excel spreadsheet. Okay, this is how much money I received in my CPF during the year. This is what my salary is. That's my total income and not pay any attention to the IRA for doing your U.S. income taxes. Okay, thank you. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.